Namaste, friends. You are listening to Impact India, a podcast that deep dives into the epic stories of social impact leaders and innovators across diverse sectors in India. This podcast is brought to you by Cause Artist, and I'm your host, Jasmine Rain, social entrepreneur and director of Hotter World. You can connect with me on social media at Jasmine Rain. Each episode, we're exploring the challenges, successes, and opportunities within social innovation in India and helping you become a more conscious consumer in the process. So without further ado, let's jump into our episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to season two of Impact India. Thank you all for your patience as I geared up for another lineup of incredible and passionate social impact speakers from India and across Asia. Today, I'm really excited, as usual, to introduce my guest because I've been such a fan of hers since summer last year. I actually came across Sui by accident after a friend of mine went for a walk in Green Park Market in South Delhi and brought me back a a booklet from their Green Park store and said, hey, I think you'd really like this brand. I think in a, I went in in the next few days and just went on and on about how much I love the feel of the clothing, the message, the design, and I definitely overwhelmed the staff with my enthusiasm. <laughs> so Sui is a conscious brand, uh, fashion brand that bridges the gap between nature and fashion. Their designs are super like I'm on holiday, but also very flattering and flowy and appropriate for multiple occasions. I just recently styled two pieces of their latest collection, Flow, as Sui gave me the opportunity to share my story in sustainable living through their platform. So here I am over a year later with the opportunity to chat with Sui founder, Mahima Gujral. Mahima, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And you're all the way in a different time zone. So tell me all about your story. I'm so curious to how you ended up in Singapore. Well, I actually studied here in back in 2008 to 2012. And this is when I was studying fashion management. So my journey actually begins with the fact that my family's actually been in the fashion industry for 50 years now, actually more than 50 years. So I grew up kind of seeing a very, very positive side of fashion. But when I went to study fashion management, you know, you kind of tend to forget about everything that you've learned and you're so engrossed in the fact that you want to learn the business of fashion. So I was in Singapore. I was studying at LaSalle University. Um, and then after that, I actually got a job in, at your NPR in Delhi. So I moved back home. And then I got accepted into my master's in Bocconi. And I moved to Italy. And that is where my journey with sustainability actually started. And it was all because we had a lesson in sustainability. We had like a week or two water classes where they were teaching us about the impact of the fashion industry. And what was funny was that on one side, you're learning about beautiful Italian fabrics, craftsmanship, um, all these factories, which are doing great things. And there, there was a factory that we visited that conserved water. And on, on the second side, you'd walk on the streets of Milan and you'd be blasted by consumerism. So it was a very strange thing for me. And when I was, when I was going through all of this, I was also a fast fashion buyer myself. So when I left Italy, um, I slowly started getting very, very interested in learning more about the impact of the industry. And because I came from a very positive side of the industry, those values were still in me. So as I left Italy, I actually gave up shopping fast fashion myself. So 
that led to me understanding a lot more of what the industry was going through, what were the brands out there, what people were thinking about it. Um, and when I realized that a lot of people weren't viewing sustainable fashion as something exciting, that's where the inception of Sui really started. But the thing was that I, I was actually going to get married a year later, and my husband lives in Singapore because I met him here. So I moved back, and now I'm here. So I launched the brand while I was in Singapore, um, but it was launched in India mainly because it, it is my country and it is it is our main market in a big way. And we wanted to always support the Indian economy in a, in a way. That's beautiful. And and does does Zoe have a place in Singapore? What does that look like at home for you? We um, sell online in Singapore. Um, and for the past couple of months, we've been trying to grow the brand a lot more. So there's a lot of networking involved. There's a very beautiful small community of sustainable fashion and sustainability enthusiasts out here. So we do have um, two, three stock lists. That's kind of about it. Uh, and we've been doing just a lot of brand activations and pop-ups just to kind of get the word going and get people familiar with the brand. And also just learn a lot more because the conversation is very, very um, strong out here. A lot of people are very aware of what's going on and how they can help in a way. Amazing. Um, I'd actually love to hear a little bit about the, you know, the conscious fashion movement in another part of Asia. You know, what, what, how has that kind of stemmed in Singapore and what have you observed over the last, you know, however many years? I've been here for, so when I moved back, I moved back in 2018, January. Um, but I was in and out of Singapore in 2017 because initially I was looking for a job and that, that is when my journey with sustainability began. So initially I thought I'd work for a, a conscious company. Um, but that somehow led to me founding my own brand. Um, so I actually started volunteering for Fashion Revolution back in 2017 in Singapore uh, in April. I remember I met the country coordinator. Um, so that's when I realized that it, it, even though it was a small community, which has grown in the past two years, it's, it's a big topic of conversation. Um, and it's not just fashion. Um, a lot of Singapore is very aware about the waste culture and really just um, single-use plastic. I mean, there, there, there's a lot of conversation about, um, you know, bringing your own bag to the supermarket or really taking your own box to get food when you're getting takeaway or taking your own cup because there's a lot of takeaway culture that exists in Singapore in general. Um, so there's a lot of awareness in that front as well as secondhand clothing, swapping. Um, a lot of entrepreneurs have started interesting businesses so it has been actually a great learning experience for me to see brands which are doing interesting things, but also not just from the fashion angle, from, but from different ways. So when I joined Fashion Revolution, I kind of got introduced to a lot of these different change makers. So there's a lot going on here, even though it's small. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like it's, it's definitely impactful. Um, and because it's kind of the center of a lot of a lot of people kind of end up in Singapore, right? You have people from America, you have people from Australia, people from Europe, uh, people from around. So a lot of like different minds come together and are really talking about it. So it's, it's actually really lovely and positive in a way. Yeah, that's beautiful to hear. And uh, yeah, I feel like it's, it's always nice to be able to find a community of like-minded people, no matter how big or small, like there's always, like, it's always going to grow, especially I think the conscious movement as well. So that's really beautiful. Um, 
what I've noticed with your story is that like you've been able to travel to some really amazing places and it, and you know, have these, have fashion influence your experience as well. So I'm, I'm curious to how travel has actually shaped you personally, as well as the Sui brand. Sure. Um, so I would like to give like my father all the credit for all the travel that we did when we were younger and it wasn't really about oh we visited a new country no it wasn't about that because we used to also go on road trips to the Himalayas for example um it was very common for us as kids who lived in Delhi to kind of escape the warm weather maybe in the summer um and it was always about just soaking in what's around you um so I learned that from a very young age and as I grew older I realized that for me it wasn't about going to London and shopping on the streets of London or really just um you know visiting the popular spots for me it was more about really traveling with nature and being with nature so even when I was in Italy I made it a point to visit different lakes or different beaches or different mountains while where we went trekking so I always found a different connection where I was I think it somehow came from the heart I always felt a deep connection with nature I've always felt very peaceful when I'm traveling um so that kind of really resonated with me so when I heard about the impact of the industry on nature in general um and not only did I know that I wanted to make a choice but I also wanted to create something that spoke of it um so that is why I, whenever we look at our concepts or our collection concepts, we always go back to all the travel journals that I may have collected or the team may have collected. We look at all these pictures and that is exactly where our inspiration will come from. Um, and that is why when you notice something like flow, there's a lot of embroidery that's being picked up from um, different parts of uh, Byron Bay, Australia. That's where it was inspired from. So we've like picked up maybe like the trees or the beaches. Um, I think there's a jacket that's got a beautiful like sea and palm tree on it. It's it's something that's very, very close to me. So that's why it's a big part of Sui as well. That's beautiful. I'm I'm loving the booklets that you guys have for your collections um, in in store. And I think there's such a beautiful storytelling element to the brand, which I, I kind of assumed that travel was a big part of it, especially yeah. as someone who's, you know, travel has influenced my life extensively um, and what I do here in, in Beacon Air. So um, I really connected to the imagery um, uh, that you have around the brand. And I Honestly, I'm a I'm a sucker for good branding, and I think that you, you totally nail it with like bringing in all these beautiful elements of, of you know who you are as well as like what you want the brand to represent. Um, so thank you for sharing that with me and uh, and the world. Um, and I'm curious, you know, with with all these like buzzwords in the industry right now. Um, I noticed that you really stand by conscious fashion and, you know, there's conscious, there's ethical, there's sustainable, there's eco, there's all of these words that are kind of, uh, I don't know, I feel like to, to everyone they mean something else because they've just been uh, a part of our world in the last 10 years as we've been, you know, pushing for more sustainable development and more uh, sustainability in, in industries such as fashion and travel. So I'm curious, by standing by conscious fashion, what does that mean to you? Um, I think we, we, we changed our tagline this year when we turned one. Um, and initially it was just Sui by Sui Mui. That's when we changed the name to Sui. Um, and it's, it is actually thoughtful journey, conscious fashion. 
So what it really means is that everything that you do, it actually starts with you being conscious. So when we say you got to kind of think before you buy, or you have to care a little more, it just starts with awakening your mind and saying, okay, be conscious about it. And when you are conscious about something, you are going to make the choices that are going to be positive and in, in, apart from not thinking about what you're kind of buying or what you're doing in a way. So that is why I think even if it's sustainable or ethical, it all starts with conscious because if you're conscious about the people who are making your clothes, you're going to care about uh, how they're being treated, what they're being paid, are they being looked after, uh, whether they're, it's your own factory or it's being outsourced. If you're conscious about the fabrics that you're, you're sourcing from, from um, another vendor, you're going to ask the right questions and you're going to ask them a lot more than just, uh, okay, it's sustainable fabric. Okay, it's got certified cotton, but you're going to go beyond that and ask them, oh, but where was it made? And um, do you have any certifications? And you're going to actually go the extra mile to make sure that you are kind of doing it in a more, I don't know, in a more thoughtful way. So I think that is why when we say conscious fashion, we mean that we're, we're thinking about it through the entire chain that we're going through while we're producing this piece of clothing or producing a certain collection. Yeah, I love what you're saying because I think, you know, the idea of being conscious in, you know, in your lifestyle in general is really all about mindset um, and getting people to just be, to actually sit and think about the decisions that they're making and think about the impacts that it can have and think about how it's going to uh, reflect on their community. And um, so I, I definitely, I've always been a believer in the word conscious as well. And I think it just, uh, the industry has made it a little bit hard for people to kind of absorb what those words mean to them. Because I mean, unfortunately we're living in a very greenwashed world right now. And, you know, people are using these words. So like, they're just like handing them out like, yeah, this word, this word. So um, I think it's beautiful to hear from, uh, from someone like you who who really is building a business deeply rooted in like what you believe in um, and be able to give your own, uh, to be able to give a definition to conscious and, and, and it makes sense. So thank you for sharing with that, sharing that with us. I feel like a lot of people will be able to resonate with that um, because, you know, again, uh, there is just, it, people just get so confused. You know, I, I feel like even with, um, you know, some, one of the biggest examples I like to use is like H&M's Conscious Collection. And I think uh, that was that was a little bit confusing for a lot of people in the industry, I feel. Like I've, I've come a long way since then, but I I remember when they first launched it, I was like, yeah, it was like, is it conscious? Like, I feel like that's just, that's kind of where I start to see like, okay, I get it. Like they are trying to shift their mindset as a, as a brand. And they're also trying to shift the, the, the consumer mindset, which is absolutely uh, like valuable. Absolutely. We need that regardless of what brand you are, regardless what industry we need to have brands and consumers obviously on the same page. Um, but I just felt a little bit like, does it, you know, does it take away the true meaning of the word now that, you know, a big brand is using it that has never really, you know, actually consciously done anything to impact the environment. And, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on, you know, uh, how, how you, what are, what are you feeling about these, you know, bigger brands or brands that aren't necessarily totally aligned with, you know, what you're doing when you use the word conscious, how does that make you feel when you see that out there on like a big label? I, I think there are positives and negatives to it. Um, I think I had the same reaction when I saw H&M come up with it. And then suddenly, you know, everyone's talking about it because why not? It's H&M, right? And, and then I looked at it and I said, hey, it's not such a bad thing in terms of awareness. And who knows whether they're actually making it consciously? Uh, who knows if they're actually producing it 
in limited quantities. No one knows. Um, so it was quite, my thoughts were very contradictory. In one side, I was like, okay, good, because they're going to spread awareness amongst people who may not actually be thinking about this. But at the same time, um, the impact still doesn't feel positive in a way. Hmm. Yeah, I think this is actually a, a great moment to flip the script actually and start talking about accessibility in, uh, in sustainable fashion because, you know, I think when with H&M uh, introducing something like a conscious collection, it, it does make it more accessible to the, you know, the, the average consumer to actually exactly. start bringing in items into their closet that, that do put, you know, people on the planet um, in mind. And, you know, um, I know that accessibility in fashion is something that you've also incorporated into your brand. And I'm curious, so, you know, what, what does that mean to you? And, and what does that look like to you in order to, in, in order, eh, um, in regards to making sure that people can uh, bring in quality uh, conscious items without having to, you know, break their wallet, for example? Sure. Um, so this was something that that's been coming up in conversations a lot for the past one and a half years, a lot more recently. Um, and we've been thinking a lot about the fact that people say, oh, I'd love to buy sustainable fashion, but I really cannot afford it. Uh, and at the same time, you know, you cannot make it really cheap because it's practically impossible to do all the right things and make something extremely cheap. It's, it's not because when you're paying someone the right amount of salary and you're paying and you're making sure that you're sourcing the right fabrics and you're producing the right way, then there is a cost involved to it, on, uh, which is much more than maybe a fast fashion brand. But we, were, we wanted to really explore ways we could at least, do, at least offer a small line that's a little more affordable. Um, and that's where the idea of basically Sui came about. Um, and we launched our first, um, first, I think, about 10 pieces in, in May. And we just, what we did was we just used whites. Um, so it didn't have the cost of dyeing. Um, and we made just basic silhouettes. Um, and all the fabrics were actually, all the dead stock fabrics that we had kind of left over from our previous collection. Um, and we just made really, really simple silhouettes like dresses and white shirts. Um, and um, I think we put the price like under 5,000. Um, and it, it was just because we, we thought, okay, we may have younger consumers coming in who want to experience what Sui is all about. So giving them that entry point into their journey. Um, so that was one aspect of it. Um, and also we do offer things like uh, upcycled headbands and earrings, which we actually take to a lot of our pop-ups. It's also there on our um, website. So all the waste fabric that we collect um, gets used in making like tablecloths for our pop-ups and things like that. But also we make headbands and earrings from it. And those are priced decently, um, decently. Yeah, they're priced decently. And uh, what that does is if someone wants to come by and they really like our brand story, um, they get to take a piece back with them. So it kind of makes them sort of wonder. So if you cannot pay, pay a little more, there's always that option to experience uh, uh, what conscious fashion is all about, or also just Sui is all about through these these little edits of these collections that we're producing. Mm, that's beautiful. I, I love hearing that, um, you know, teams can be so innovative with like the leftover, like textile scraps and everything. Because there's always, there's always opportunities to use scraps. And it's unfortunate that we see so many end up in a landfill. But uh, that's beautiful that even just every little thing, being able to um, provide people with a more accessible item. I didn't even think about 
the fact that like, yeah, yeah, if you take out the cost of dying, of course it would bring down the price of the clothing. That's awesome. Um, so that's really beautiful that you're thinking of really cool and innovative ways to make it more accessible by just simply finding, you know, small things that you can take out of the process that don't uh, harm anybody, don't harm the environment and still provide the consumer with a quality um, product. So that's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. And how would you say your process differs from uh, like the actual family business? Um, can you tell us a little bit about the history between, um, you know, because I, I know before you had mentioned that you were kind of working in collaboration with the family business and then you decided to, set, to you know, kind of um, step away as because you're focusing more on Western clothing. Um, can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that journey? Sure. So uh, my family business um, is, is in actually making Indian clothing um, casual and including as well so kurtas and you know basic stuff that women can wear on a daily basis to actually making indian couture so bridal wear saris things you'd wear for diwali or weddings um and the business was actually started by my grandmother um in the 1960s and it all started because she loved making clothes um and then my grandfather supported her to found her own business and when my mom turned 18 she took over and today she is um, heading the brand um, and she's doing a great job. And so fashion is, is extremely rooted in, in who I am because of that. Um, and um, initially when we started out and my journey had a lot to do with the fact that I used to kind of witness the relationships she'd built with her tailors. Um, a lot of the, her tailors, the older ones have been there for about 30, 40 years. So it's a beautiful thing to think about. Um, it's also so nice to know that all of them have actually seen me grow because I used to go over to the store when I was younger and the store has actually also been there for about 30 years, I think. Wow. Um, so initially, <laughs> when we, initially when we started out, um, I knew that I had to find a way to kind of build a worker, worker base and a, and, a, and a workshop base, which was as positive as what she'd made it to be. Um, everyone was always looked after so well. It was a very open door policy. It still is with them. Um, you know, every Diwali we get together and we celebrate. Every Eid, there's like a, a whole thing held. When I when I got married, they threw me a little party um, <laughs> before I left for Singapore. It was really sweet. So when we first started out, we did use the space that was upstairs. So the store actually has a factory unit upstairs. Um, we are Sui factories now actually in Shahpurjat. But initially, we were just sharing a space because I just hired one tailor who would come on board to help me make samples. So we were working in the space and also my mother helped me a lot in the journey um, just to understand design and fit and just really building that, that part of the business. So we used um, the name Suimui only because we wanted to kind of keep ourselves associated with the story. Um, we still are associated with it in many ways because we still stock our clothing at the store. We kind of have a rack there or sometimes two racks there. Uh, but we sort of pulled away from it because also Sui wanted to kind of shift to an international level um, and also get to many more people. Um, and uh, the name also got a little confusing because it was Sui by Sui. <laughs> it got a little confusing. It got a little confusing for Google. It got a little confusing. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we kind of switched it and we just made it Sui. It was sweet and simple. Um, but what's different about the business is that they actually do a lot of customization. So it's, mm. it's also bespoke fashion. Um, um, they actually, so you can actually go to, you can actually go to the store and tell them what you want to wear for, for an upcoming event. Or if, if you're a bride, you can give them an idea of 
the kind of outfit you want to wear for your wedding day or your mehendi, and they'll actually make it for you from scratch. So they have their own collection, but they Amazing. also... <laughs> so that's how they bring the whole aspect of less waste in the industry, in a way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think people forget to value how important that is, like customization, um, making, like people are able to obviously minimize the amount of waste that's being produced if everything yeah. is kind of made to order. And um, that's, I think that's another, another big part of, of, you know, sustainability in fashion that um, is just become so forgotten because it's so easy, obviously, to just go to a store, pick something up, it's already sized, blah, blah, blah. But there's also, you know, we've definitely lost the connection to um, our clothing. Um, like, I've always been a person that said, like, fashion is wearable art. It totally is. And the fact that we've lost the love for art is also, like, a whole other issue. Um, but, you know, not being able to connect to the story of our clothing is is something really unfortunate. And I find that's just become a part of, of our, you know, the need for convenience, I guess, in yeah. our world. Like, we've, we've lost connection to a lot of things. I mean, look at, I mean, just, just thinking about uh, the fact that people are so mindlessly, you know, just dealing with the pollution levels and deadly at this time of year, I think goes to show that we, we've lost connection to our community, the value for people, the value for our planet, you know, it, it's, and I think that's just becoming a, a part of the narrative for a lot of things uh, that we used to have such a story connected, like had things in our life that had stories connected to them. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I love to actually look in my closet and think like, okay, what is the connection that I have to each of these pieces? And um, it's interesting because over, like I've obviously been practicing uh, conscious living and going zero waste for, for quite some time now. And it's really beautiful that like, you know, from, you know, being in high school, for example, like uh, 10 years ago, um, <laughs> like I remember being just like every, there was so much in my closet and nothing meant anything to me. And now I just like, every time I put something on, uh, there's such a, there's such a beautiful story to it. Even if it's like overalls that I've owned for 10 years that have been like patched in like 16 different places. Like I'd love to be able to tell that story. And I think that's something that I really love about Sui. Like I love the storytelling element and uh, obviously Flo, um, it was such an honor to be able to wear Flo pieces. I was so excited. It was an honor, honor that. to work with you as well. <laughs> yeah. Sorry? It was an honor to work with you as well. Thank but you. We, we kind of got in touch and made it happen. Yeah. No, I was super excited that you reached out because I obviously was already fangirling on my end. And, um, you know, in terms of the storytelling aspect, um, you know, I know there's there's a beautiful narrative behind all your collections, but I'm curious, you know, which collection is your favorite? And I know that's a hard question, um, but curious to why, and you know, if there's a story behind that that you'd like to share with us. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know it's a tough one. <laughs> Take your time. <laughs> oh my God. Um, I would definitely say that I love Cronita, which is a summer collection and Flo a lot more. Um, for various reasons and I think one of the reasons was because we actually launched our herbal dye line herbal dye most of our pieces were herbal dyed for both these collections so it was exciting for us because we were launching um, something new and something different that we'd been learning about and studying about so that would definitely be one of the reasons um, and also Granita because it was inspired by Italy it was it was one of the places that kind of started my journey um, into sustainability it was one of those places where I really started thinking about uh, conscious fashion in general um, and also because 
Cronita has a lot of beautiful pieces from Kadi, which we um, made with, in association with Women Weave. Um, and Kadi is actually one of my favorite fabrics. Um, I wear it all the time in Singapore because it's so hot here. Um, so yeah, I would say these two collections and also because they're wearable. I think they have a lot of classic pieces that you can keep repeating and pairing with different outfits. Yeah, can you tell our audience a little bit about Kadi because it's not as uh, familiar uh, around the world? Sure, so Kadi is hand-spun and hand-woven cotton. Um, and what that essentially means is that no electricity actually goes into the production of the fabric. Um, and the kali that we use is grown in Madhya Pradesh. Um, and then it is hand-spun and hand-woven by Women Weave, uh, which is an NGO based in Maheshwar. Um, and the beautiful thing about Women Weave is that um, these, these women are really happy hand-looming these fabrics. They're paid very, very well. Um, they get to kind of enjoy flexible work hours. Um, and there are various communities like these all over India um, that produce Khadi fabric. Um, and because it has such a, such a low impact way of getting made, um, and also it's such a comfortable and wearable fabric, uh, it's one of those fabrics that we really love at Sui. And we're actually bringing it, bringing it back again for our summer collection. Um, and I never wore Khadi before I launched Sui. So it's strange. Now I have a lot oh. of <laughs> in my, in my um, yeah, we, we kept looking for like really beautiful. I, we were in search of the softest Khadi and that's when I came across Women Weave. And I, I absolutely adore the quality and the fabrics that, that they make. Yeah, I'm a definitely a huge fan. Um, and I've always been a huge fan of hemp-based clothing. So I was like so excited to see that flow was hemp-based and that it was uh, supplied by Bohico, which I thought was fabulous. Um, yes. I don't know if you noticed, but I actually interviewed Sanvar Obroy uh, uh, earlier so I, this year. I, yes, of course. He's a friend of mine, actually. Yes, he's, oh my gosh, he is so knowledgeable. Like I've spoke, I actually, um, I moderated a panel with him on it uh, earlier this year. I think it was like May in Bombay at um, F5. And it was uh, in partnership with Pawnee Swimwear and uh, Fashion Revolution. And he is just like, he has so much to say that I was like, I just, I'm like mesmerized by him, but he also speaks so quickly. So I was like, how do I take in all this information so fast? But um, I absolutely love that episode. And I was so excited to see um, that you had used uh, Bohico hemp because, you know, um, not obviously from talking to him, but also I'm um, doing my own research on the hemp industry uh, in general. It's so fascinating how this, like this plant can, or like cannabis plants can be so resourceful. Like literally yeah. every part of the plant can be used. And yeah. I'm curious to what your experience was like, you know, shifting into a new textile like hemp and, you know, what that experience was like for you. Sure. So the funny thing is that hemp was actually one of the first fabrics that we sampled with. And it was because okay. my, actually my, my closest friend is very, very good friends with Sanwar. And she introduced me to Bohiko and said, hey, you know, you, you're interested in sustainable fashion. You're thinking about it. Why don't you speak to him and just ask him like about a little more about what they're doing and maybe you could learn a little more about hemp and I'd never come across hemp fabric before that. And when I read up on hemp fabric, I was blown away by the immense amount of qualities it had and also like you said it can be used in so many different ways i mean there's 
as food. It can be used in building houses. Um, it's got so many different um, qualities. So we, I, I think I just borrowed, I, I think I just sourced some of the hemp organic cotton fabric that they had and we made some of our samples with it and we absolutely loved it. We loved the fact that it had so many great qualities. It had such a great story. Um, and from the beginning on, it was one of our star fabrics. That's what we tend to call it. So we did have cotton with us, but hemp became sort of an alternative to linen because it feels a lot like linen, but it has um, a better impact on the planet in a way as well. So people are always so curious to know about it. Like they're like, oh, it's made from cannabis. And, and they have strange questions sometimes in India. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but everyone's so curious to know about it. And the fact that you wash it and it gets so much softer. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a hemp knit blend that we've used in Flow as well. Um, and we've dyed it in, in I think, our beetroot color. And it's so beautiful. I, I absolutely love hemp fabric. And it's got so many great qualities, apart from the fact that it saves so, so much water <clears throat> when it's grown. Um, it also is antibacterial. Um, it also is great for humid weather. So it's, it's all in all such a fabulous textile. Yeah, a hundred percent. It's such a winning piece. And um, yeah, it's, it's really, it's so beautiful to hear that there's um, so much collaboration across the industry. Like I love to hear that like people I've interviewed have been working together or, you know, just that, you know, people are the people who are in the like, you know, social space that are, you know, that are trying to put people on the planet first and bring innovative solutions, um, you know, to India and across the world. Everyone just seems to be working together, like supporting each other's businesses, seeing what, what collaboration opportunities are available. And that's so beautiful to hear. So I'm really excited. Like, sorry, you just got me excited thinking about it. Cause I'm just like collaboration over competition is something that I truly believe. It's so important. Yeah. I just feel like if someone knows something that's going to, you know, create a great impact and you know something else if you just bring those hands together it, it, it'll always do something better so you there's always opportunity to work with someone else I, I truly believe that in in business 100 percent. yeah well b- before we wrap up here this has been amazing thank you so much for your time today um i just would love for you to kind of let our audience know um where they can kind of find you follow you where they can learn more um let us know Sure. So we are on Instagram at we are sui. Um, that's our Instagram handle. So like we are sui. Um, we ship worldwide um, at we we are sui.com. So we ship everywhere. Um, America, Australia, Singapore, India. Um, and currently we have physical presence in India and Singapore. Um, in India, we are available in New Delhi and Bombay and Goa at the moment. All this information is also on our website. And currently in Singapore, we're having a one month pop-up at a place called Social Space. Um, and we also have another stockist in, in, in a store called the Therapy Market. So there, there are many, many ways you can, if you're, you ever find yourself in Singapore and in India, there, there are ways you can go try on Sui. Um, yeah, that, that's, that's it. We're hoping to make our way to other countries soon. It's all in the plans. I'm sure you will in no time. And for those listening, um, I will be putting all these links and information in the show notes. So you can always check out Sui and what Mahima's up to by checking out the show notes when you're after your drive or your cooking session, wherever you might be listening to this podcast. Um, but 
Uh, Mahima, thank you so much again. This has been so wonderful. Thank you for sharing your story. I'm so excited to see what you're up to next because I think uh, you're already basically conquering world domination with bringing more conscious passion to the world. So thank you for what you do. I really appreciate it. And I know a lot of other people do as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on this. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll chat again soon. Yes. Huh, feeling inspired? See what other impact stories we have to share over on causeartist.com. Be sure to subscribe for weekly updates from Grant and I about content, giveaways, and new episodes from Disruptors for Good and Impact India. Looking to learn more about social impact and conscious living in India? Hit me up on Instagram at Jasmine Rain. Cheers, friends.